This is Annie Stevens-Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. This is the Holy Eucharist Rite 2 for October 23rd, 2022. Just let me just pull up my announcements on my Church of the Redeemer app on my phone. Oh, there we go. We still got people out in the lobby hanging out. They need to come on in. Well, welcome, everyone. Welcome to Church of the Redeemer. Welcome. It is so good to have you with us. It's an honor. Uh, it is a privilege to, for us to be able to get gather in one space and worship together. I want to say a special welcome to those who are joining us for the first time or for the first time in a long time. A special welcome to you. Uh, we are so grateful that we get to be together, and I want to say hello and a special welcome to those who are joining us on the live stream. We are so glad that you are able to join us this way as well. I have a few announcements to make this morning, and then we will begin our worship. Our children's liturgy is in the chapel, and the children who are in children's liturgy uh, are already in the chapel. If you are a child and would like to be part of that, you can head back to the chapel now, and you will join us at the peace, and we will all be able to take communion together. I'd like to invite you to stick around after the service. You have a couple of different options of how you can be with us after the service. You can join us in the Great Hall for some coffee, for our coffee hour uh, there, or you can join us in the parlor. And in the parlor, we are uh, we have our Episcopal 101 service. This is a, um, our Episcopal 101 is sort of our um, learning all about what it means for us to be Episcopalian. This is not just for new folks. This is for people who are new and for people who are uh, have been here for quite a long time. Uh, there's many different ways for us to learn about uh, what our faith is about. Today, uh, Amanda Rashi and Joyce Keishan will be leading the discussion on the baptismal covenant. That will be in the parlor immediately after this service. So stick around for coffee hour or for Episcopal 101. It'll be a joy to have you. If you'd like to join us for Episcopal 101, you should know that just because if you haven't done it before or you haven't registered or whatever, doesn't matter. You can show up. There's no quizzes. Uh, you'll be fine. If you're watching online and you'd like to join us on Episcopal 101, it is hybrid and you are able to join us through a Zoom link you can find on our website. A couple other things I want to let you know about. I feel very corporate this morning. I have two different focus group related announcements. You ready for my focus group related announcements? Uh, one is particular to this church. As we continue to develop worship at Church of the Redeemer, our next step is to form some small groups to examine the liturgical life of each of our different worshiping communities. Each one of our worship services will be building a small group that we can talk about the core values of this worship experience and about what we want to see happen in each of these spaces. If you're feeling called to this ministry, please make sure you check out the post in this week's e-news. It's entitled Stewardship of Worship and you can be a part of that, you can apply to be a part of that ministry online. We also have another focus group that's on a diocesan level. Uh, many of you, uh, whom, if you're new to the Episcopal Church, we're part of a larger network of churches, and, and this area is called the diocese. We are the Diocese of Southern Ohio. We are currently in the midst of a bishop transition. A search committee has been formed for a new uh, bishop, for our bishop search, and there are going to be focus groups for all of the uh, Episcopalians in the diocese. If you have thoughts, concerns, feedback, ideas about what's important to you for the Diocese of Southern Ohio as we move forward, you can join one of the diocesan focus groups on, online for that. Uh, there, will be inf there is information on the diocesan website. I will make sure that this week there is information on our website and, um, and, a news, and in our e-news so you can be aware of that coming up um, 
As I said before, all of this information is available on our Church of the Redeemer app. If you have any trouble getting that app on your phone, please do let us know. You may also notice, and um, um, I may slyly re reference it in my sermon, we'll see if I remember, um, but you may have also noticed that uh, all my blogs and podcasts the past few weeks have been about money. So guess what time it is? Guess what time of year it is? It is the time of year where we're building our budget for next year and where we are going to be asking you to make your financial commitment to the Church of the Redeemer for the year 2023. Uh, the letter is going to be going out this week, uh, the physical letter with the pledge form. You can also find the information for that online under the giving tab on our website. I invite you to prayerfully consider how you'd like to help this church be what it's meant to be in the next year. I'd like you to remember that your gift is what helps us uh, transform lives and maintain and build new and thriving ministries. And I'd like to encourage you always, if you have any questions about how what it means to give to this church or what your gift should be, um, please do not hesitate to talk with me about it. Uh, it's always a confidential conversation, um, but it's also a very important conversation, and I'm glad to have it with you. With all these things said, I believe it is time for us to begin our worship. I invite you please to stand at this time for our opening hymn.
Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Blessed be God's kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear what the Lord Jesus Christ says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, increase in us the gifts of faith, hope, and charity, and that we may obtain what you promise, make us love what you command. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. A reading from Sirach. Give to the Most High as he has given to you, and as generously as you can afford. For the Lord is the one who repays, and he will repay you sevenfold. Do not offer him a bribe, for he will not accept it, and do not rely on a dishonest sacrifice. For the Lord is the judge, and with him there is no partiality. He will not show partiality to the poor, but he will listen to the prayer of one who is wronged. He will not ignore the supplication of the orphan or the widow when she pours out her complaint. The word of the Lord. Thanks. Thanks. 
A reading from the second letter of Paul to Timothy. I am already being poured out as a libation, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. From now on, there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which is the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood by me, gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and save me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Christ. Jesus also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other, for all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. 
God, grant us serenity to accept the things that we cannot change, courage to change the things that we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So like a lot of you, I picked up a couple of hobbies during the pandemic. Some things that I hadn't done before. Some of you know that I, I got really into baking bread. I was one of those uh, walking cliches um, of, of men who figured out how to, what sourdough was during the, during the pandemic. I was one of those people. Um, and I started to make a bunch of bread. But the other thing, and so by the way, I'd love to make bread for you. If I haven't ever made bread for you and you'd like some, just let me know. Just be like, give, give me some bread and I will make some bread for you. But, um, but the other thing that I did, which is much less useful, was I started to learn how to play chess. Um, um, I'm not going to say I learned how to play chess, because I feel like I'm going to be in misery trying to figure chess out for the rest of my life. But I started to learn how to play chess. I got really into it with a friend of mine. Um, he called me up and he's like, I just saw this show on Netflix. Now we all have to learn how to play chess. Um, and so then we did. And we started to play each other. I even got a parishioner who's a chess teacher to, to teach me a couple things. And I got this app on my phone so I could play chess with people at any given time all around the world. Um, and you're just playing chess with whoever in Denmark or Colombia. It doesn't really matter. It uh, doesn't matter if you're up. There's someone in the world and they want to play chess with you right now. Um, and what I loved about playing uh, chess online was... Um, you know, when I actually won, I could be like, you get like ruthless and brutal. When you start to win a game, you're like, yeah, ha, ha, checkmate, buddy. You know, you're like, you get all that sort of, that feeling of like, I've crushed you. I vanquished my enemies while you play a little game on your phone, right? That's the important thing. So then uh, the, the, the shutdown portion of this pandemic came to an end and we got to regather with people. And then I started to play chess with some of my friends in person. And it was fun. But it's very different because uh, all of a sudden I'm face to face with them and I can't like knock the, the board over and be like, ha ha, I beat you because we're friends. And that's not how I get to talk to them. Like when I'm face to face with them and actually like with my friend, all of a sudden I remembered something about me as a competitor, which is that I'm not a good closer. Like I'm not good at winning because I don't like to like crush my enemy. Like, because I'm generally playing a game with a friend of mine, and then if I beat them, like, then they lost, you know? And then I have to look at them and be like, that's eh, so, it, it, for me, it's a very strange feeling of sort of like, I don't get a joy out of beating people that I love. Which is why I like to keep it anonymous and online. Play chess online, I don't have to see anybody's faces, and I can feel all awful and wonderful all at the same time. I don't have to remember that the person on the other end is a human, right? I can just win. I've been listening to this story about, uh, that Jesus tells about the Pharisee and the tax collector in the temple uh, my whole life. I've been raised in the church and I've heard this story of the person who comes in and says, thank God I'm not like other people. And then the person who comes in and says, Lord, have mercy on me. And, and I've always heard this story as a reminder of our need to be humble and not to think ourselves better than others, but it wasn't until this week. I, I don't know if you've ever done this. I'm very capable of this, reading something over and over again and missing the point entirely. Uh, I do that from time to time. So 43 years in, I finally heard this story. I finally actually paid attention to why Jesus told the story. He says, it says, Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others 
with contempt. I'd always thought of this story as how we approach God. Do we stand before God proud of ourselves, or do we stand before God humbly asking for mercy? And that is part of the story. But I'm reminded today when I hear it that Jesus felt the need to tell this story because he saw so many of his siblings, so many people he cared, for whom he cared so deeply, holding others in contempt. And I realize how capable I am of somehow thinking that my relationship with God is one thing and my relationship with everybody else is another thing entirely. That I can have a fantastic relationship with God regardless of what my relationship with you is like. And what Jesus reminds us of over and over again, but especially today, is that the way we love one another is the way we love God. The way we treat one another is the way we treat God. It's come, become another cliche in our time to talk about what a divisive time we live in. And like many cliches, it's true. I have noticed in myself, I have noticed in myself, in my own deep conviction of what I believe to be true and right in this world, I have noticed that as I am feeling this strong sense of conviction about what justice looks like, about what is right, about how to treat one another, I've noticed in myself that what rises up alongside that clear understanding of what is right, I, under I see within me a bunch of contempt rising up. A bunch of hatred, not just anger. Anger something else, but contempt. How could other people be like this? Don't they know better? So Jesus is speaking directly to me today and reminding me that the way that I love others is how I love God. And I want to say something else about these divisive times. I understand that God loves all of us. Truly, God loves this world fully and loves people on any side of any given argument, God loves them. That is not the same as saying that all beliefs are equal and all uh, positions and opinions are equally valid. Sometimes we in the Christian church, when we talk about God loving all people, come to the conclusion, therefore we can all just be neutral or moderate about the world because God is too. But I don't think we can actually truly believe that fully in our hearts. I don't think we can just say, oh, well, God loves everyone and therefore, uh, it, it, you know, it doesn't really matter what you believe, um, just, just understand uh, that God loves you. I think it does matter tremendously what we believe and what 
we stand for. I was reminded of this powerfully last week. I, was, I got to go to New Orleans last week, and New Orleans has this beautiful museum. It's the muse, a World War II museum. If you haven't been, it's fantastic. It's a really special. I don't know if I'd call it fun, but I'd call it compelling and eye-opening. It's eye-opening for someone like me because I do believe that God loves everyone and I want this to be a world in which we live in peace and justice and care for one another and when we're all on the same team, we try to see each other that way. And then you go through this museum and you see what evils and atrocities humans are capable of. And you remember it's not all just shades of gray. It's not just everyone's entitled to their own opinion. There's evil in this world, and humans are capable of it. And there's good in this world, and it's worth fighting for. But can we stand up for good? Can we fight for justice and love? Can we do this without hating? Can we stand up for what is true and right and beautiful in God's creation? Can we, as Christians, work actively in this world to make it a more loving and equitable place? Can we do this and stand in opposition to other people without hating them? I brought up that my chess game online earlier because as long as I didn't have to see the person, I didn't have to remember their humanity. And then I could feel all sorts of negative feelings. And I think this is something that we are quite capable of in our time. Forgetting the humanity of the people around us. Because it makes it easier to hold them in contempt. And it makes us feel more secure in our own understanding of our part in this world. I want to remind you at this time that the Pharisees were right about a lot of things. And I mean that. I don't say that ironically. The Pharisees were right about a lot of things. The Pharisees hated being conquered by the Roman Empire, being marginalized and oppressed. They hated it. They didn't believe it was right for them to be treated this way. The Pharisees believed that God would deliver them. And the Pharisees believed that their actions, their beliefs, and the way that they lived in the world mattered. They followed the law of the Torah, not just to be good people, but because they believed in following these laws, they would become closer to God. What a beautiful reason to do a thing. The Pharisees didn't like King Herod. They didn't like the vassal state in which they lived. And they wanted to see justice rain down from on high. They wanted to see God make things right. These are good things. The Pharisees understood systemic problems and that they had a responsibility to try to combat them. These aren't the reasons Jesus criticizes them. 
His critique is not that they're wrong about all these things. Jesus' critique of the Pharisees over and over again is your understanding in what, of what is right keeps leading you into a space of contempt for others. It's not that you're wrong. It's that you're not loving enough. It's that we're allowing being right we're allowing being right to become more important than being loving and holding one another, one another in care. This, this is the work of the Christian. We do not love without concern for justice impossible actually but likewise Jesus teaches us that there is no justice without love we cannot expect to make things right in this world through hatred we cannot expect that we will finally be able to love everyone once they agree with us and we cannot only love people with whom we agree This does not mean there is no such thing as right or wrong. This does not mean that all sides are equal in every single argument or position. That's madness. But as we learn what God is calling us to stand up for, as we engage with this world seeking as our faith says, seeking reconciliation with God through prayer and worship and through the promotion of justice, peace, and love, as we seek to do that work in real and practical ways, we must understand that it means nothing if we engage in that work without love. So we will take our stand on things and we will continue to say we believe we believe that all people should be treated with dignity and respect we believe in God's presence in this world and we will fight for a world that reflects that truth but part of the way that we will do so is by learning how to rid ourselves of the contempt of the hatred that oftentimes wells up within us. As I get older, I'm, I'm becoming less and less of an idealist. I just, like I said, you know, I, I used to want to be a pacifist. You go to the World War II Museum, it's just kind of hard to be a pacifist. Likewise, I'd love to stand up here and tell you just to get rid of all the hatred in your heart. You're not gonna, and neither am I. Hatred and contempt will be a part of our experience as we seek to do what is good and right in this world. So I'm not going to ask you just to get rid of it perfectly. 
But if we can notice, if we can observe and be aware, when the hatred and the contempt for others rises up within us, can we see it and name it? And instead of secretly enjoying it, can we recognize that that is not of God? This is part of the work of loving this world the way God loves it. And it is in learning how to love this world that we truly understand how to love God. In Jesus' name. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, the God is not made of the one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate for the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. That we all may be one. Grant that every member of the Church may truly and humbly serve you. That your name may be glorified by all people 
We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons. That they may be faithful ministers of your word and sacraments. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. That there may be justice and peace on the earth. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. That our works may find favor in your sight. We pray for all who suffer, especially Linda Borden, Martin Pop, Louise Lanouette, Pearson Daly, Roger Foote, Frank Keenan, Lori Callahan, Gail Lincoln, Jay Ershman, Scott Gunn, Nancy Danker, Bill Thaman, Elizabeth Ross, Pam Leonard, Marilyn Ott, Mike Krug, Jean Martin, Katherine Albertson, Ann Blemker, Bob McGonigal. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. That they may be delivered from their distress. We pray especially for those who have died, especially Ira Keishan, father of Ryan Keishan. Give to them the de departed eternal rest. Let the light perpetual shine upon them. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. May we also come to share in your heavenly kingdom. Let us pray for our own needs and those of others. O oh Lord our God, accept the fervent prayers of your people and the multitude of your mercies look with compassion upon us and all who turn to you for help. For you are gracious, O oh lover of souls, and to you we give glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in love, word, and deed, by what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. Almighty God, have mercy on you. Forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be always with you. Also with you.
walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself as an offering and sacrifice to God. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give God thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. 
For by water and the Holy Spirit, you have made us a new people in Jesus Christ, our Lord, to show forth your glory in all the world. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. and gracious Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself. And when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you and your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ, Christ has died. Christ, Christ is, is risen. risen. Christ, Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts with faith and thanksgiving.
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. And now may the blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you all the days of your lives. Amen. 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 Let us go forth in the name of Christ. Thanks be to God.